Welcome back to the Modern Real Estate Agents with Johnny Phillips and Jessica Chambers. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, today, we are kind of in a rush. We are in between appointments. Uh, I woke up late, and we have a lunch and learn yeah. in <clears throat> 64 <An> minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, today we are going to be talking to you about how to negotiate for your clients. Um, Jessica got here, and we were just chatting about some of her transactions, and I think there are a lot of good takeaways from what she's been doing with her clients, so we're going to take some time and just kind of dive into those, take those apart. Yeah, so, and it all just kind of came up, but there's there's lots of different ways you can negotiate for your client mm-hmm. on, on either side um, of the transaction, so we'll, we'll talk about those in more detail. Um yeah. So, but, so talk to us about what you have under contract. You have a couple things going right now. I do. It's like when one thing hits, you know. Um, well, that's what I was saying to you yesterday. Like when you hit, you hit it out of the park. I, I'm trying. Well, you know, and, and so I was a teacher and so I've subbed a little bit and I was like, well, maybe I need to build up some money subbing to like, right. you know, per, have a little extra during the summer when I can't sub. And so the second I accepted sub jobs, it's like Man, everyone man. wanted to go under contract. <laughs> and I was like, I can't complain. So I'm, I'm here for it. But I've got three under contract right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one is my listing. Um, Congratulations. That's thank been you. A, how long has that been? That's been kind Honestly, of a trial. It, well, it has, but I've only been under con- like in an agreement with them for a little over three months. Oh, that's not bad. So it's not bad, but they were six months with another agent at a different price point. So when mm-hmm. I came in, it was like really letting them know where they started was not where they should have started. So when we Definitely. did those price reductions and things like that, it it's a lot of educating that buyer sure. and that seller right. of where they should be at. So um, that was a, a big thing. Um, and I think that just is a testament to what we talk about as far as working with expireds, right? Yes. Um, I know when we worked with expireds like 18 months ago, just relisted at what the price was. You'll be just fine. Uh, well, now it may not be that way, right? right. You want to have that conversation of, okay, let's look at this from 30,000 feet. Were you priced correctly? And if not, if you really want to sell, then let's price it where it needs to be. And so this was a for sale by owner mm-hmm. um, that I interviewed for. Um, sweet, precious lady. I think I, in that interview, I was there two hours. She just, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, wanted to let me know how much she loved her home. I didn't mind it at all. (laughs) She wanted to go with me and then ended up choosing a different agent. And the price that I gave her was 50,000 less than where they started. Um, And so she went with a different agent. They Mm -hmm. had it six months, um, brought one offer. I had it three months and brought five offers. Um, and now looking back, we have reason to believe that the people who showed it with that other agent were just kind of like double agents, right? They were working for that. Yes. <laughs> kind of just saying, Hey, you're on my team. Go show this exactly. house real quick to look, we're getting some action. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we've got that under contract, um, even got, uh, two months temporary occupancy after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a lot. I brought them up um, 40000 from where they initially offered. And yeah, so let's set the stage for that, guys. Um, yeah. This seller was very hell-bent on, this mm-hmm. is my bottom line, and I'll, I'll die in this house if I don't get this number, right? 
Um, and so Jessica is going to do her job to get her that number. She's not going to try and argue her down. Like, okay, what can we do right. to meet you? And and so I, I had one thing I did with this client um, that I don't feel like I've been as consistent with other clients. I had a weekly call. And so... Um, every single week and at, you know, on a Wednesday at 3 p.m. is what we chose. Um, and her brother was involved as well. So she is in her 70s. Her brother's 20 years younger. So he, you know, helped her through this process. Her husband has passed, so she has no kids. And so, you know, she needed that help. I met with them every single week, 10 minutes on the phone. Didn't really take much. Just right. letting them know this is what's going on. This is where the market's at. Um, you know, and so they were prepared each week and I'd kind of give them homework, you know, okay, we didn't see any activity this past week. I want y'all to discuss. This is where I think it should go. We'll talk next week and, and, you know, move forward. So I ended up getting them to a price point that, um, I felt, you know, comfortable. And then we started mm -hmm. seeing once we lowered to that price point, I mean, I think it was within five minutes I had an agent calling me. And their first words were, I was waiting for it to get to this price no, point. Good. And so, you know, and, but, and I, I did tell her, so her and her husband, they custom built this home, 7,000 square feet. Um, and I had the conversation with her and it was a tough one. You overbuilt for your neighborhood. Um, and she knows 100%. They did what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and it's, pristine condition it's the right. best listing i've ever had i mean no worries well they also had know. a little bird in their ear from the neighborhood that was not helpful right? yes so the builder of this home was like i couldn't build this home now for blah 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 and i was like i know you couldn't but well, yeah the price of wood had gone up so i mean yes and materials so, alone and it was super custom um that it was going to take a particular family that mm -hmm. that wanted this um and we found them and I worked with that agent. She has been phenomenal through this. Good. And me and her both, you know, we're, we're trying to negotiate for our clients on both sides, but we're also trying to get to the table together. Um, because that's our job as well, is to work with the agents to yes. make this happen. Yes. Um, and in that, uh, their first offer that they presented, I was like, this is way far off. Um, they came up, they came up again, you know, and mm -hmm. we kept going back and forth and, you know, showing all these things. And so I, from their starting number, got them up $40,000. That's, um, that's awesome. So talk to me about that last step. Like that last one, you were still off. How did that conversation go with the, with the agent? So we're off and where my clients were, they realized because she's buying in another location and so she needed you know she wanted to get out as much as she could from her home right and it came to the point of the clients were like okay well you know if we can net this we'll be good so i showed a couple of options talked about a couple of different mm -hmm. things um you know saying how they could help do this ended up not working and then it was like oh well we'll take it if there's less commission and that's obviously no one deserves less than three percent now that i'm you know realizing it and you know so but they wanted me to negotiate down the other agent's commission 
Yeah. And I, I told them, I said, you know, I have in three months, in half the time you had it with another agent, I've brought you mm-hmm. five offers. You know, we've we've done, you know, all around this price point. Um, and pretty much I, I fought for myself in that. You because yeah. I, I have done the work. I, I've put in the time and um, it did end up coming to a lesser percentage, I will say, from, you know, what it is. And I did talk to the agent about it. And I told the agent, I said, if you're not comfortable with this, I, I won't, you know, walk yeah, away and sure. I'm not going to be upset at all because you do deserve that extra part. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and they wanted our clients, my clients wanted me to go a little bit lower. And I just said, you know, your, your net is, I think when I ran the numbers, their net was going to be maybe a thousand dollars difference, but mine and the other agents commission mm-hmm. was going to be cut a lot more. Sure. And so we were missing out on a lot more money. And so they did. They And because I had this trust with them and we had those weekly calls, they knew what I was doing. They agreed, okay, we, you know, we should take a cut somewhere as well, yeah. not just you. So we both agreed on both sides. And that's um, so important that you did those weekly calls. Like that's something that we put in our, our three-point like guarantee now. Mm-hmm. And I suck at it. Like I really do. I think that it, the schedule just gets away from me and, mm-hmm. and it's hard to fit in. But I love what you did about saying, okay, on Wednesday at three o'clock, I'm going to call you, expect that call. And, and yeah. And you, you even put something on them like, okay, this is what I think needs to happen. Y'all go, go back, talk about it. And right. we're gonna, same time, same place next week. We'll right. see you there. I think that's fantastic. Well, and in this town, it's a stop sign town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a very small community, so it's really hard to pull comps. And when one comp came available, I was like, oh, this is going to really help me get them where they need to be. And then in that time, it also sold super quickly. Mm -hmm. So I was able to pull that and that really helped, um, you know, pull those in. Um, I do Facebook ads and show them the data from that and say, you know, this is where we're at. So when I had the, I mean, and it really wasn't extra time and it, and they knew that that call was going to happen if there was anything they needed before then, of course, reach out, but really we didn't talk much more outside of that once a week because they got all their information and they knew what what was to expect. I mean, that is client management because how many people, myself included, get a text or a call like mm-hmm. every 24 hours or more from a client who has questions, right. but if you set the expectation of meet me at this time, yes, then it just, wow. It, it worked um, and I, you know, it, it was easier than you think. You know, you mm-hmm. think that that's like, but really it was 10, 15 minutes max were the conversations. Sure. Um, anyone can do that once a week. Yeah. Did you have um, an outline of like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about? So, yes. So I actually um, created a market update. I did it through Google because they both had, you know, email addresses that, and I shared the document with them about 30 minutes before our call mm-hmm. um, so that they could go in, see what was on there, and it would be, what the average price point is in that area. Um, you know, it would be what homes might have sold sure. recently, what have been listed recently, um, any data from Facebook ads or any social media like that. Um, I'd also tell them, you know, when we would post it on social media, when it would be 
And I also told them every time I ran something or did something, I would change that front cover photo to try and bring more eyes into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so changing up the marketing and doing different things like that. Uh, so they knew, and then there would always be next week's actions at Good the bottom. Good for you. Um, that's yeah. impressive. And so that's why I'm like, yes, I only worked with these clients for three months, but I felt like I killed it. And so I mean, we're yeah. going to get to the closing table. So that's... Damn. Yeah. I, I would say keep that up. So I am really trying to dig into standard operating procedures mm-hmm. to share with our new agents and really say, listen, this is exactly what you need to do step by step. Right. That's amazing. Like... That's incredible. It, and it made me look like I was super professional. Yep. And I, multiple times, I, I was told, we never got this, anything of this, from the previous agent. And that previous agent is a team owner. Oh, no, he's not a team owner. He oh, he's owns a, a, he's a broker. He's yeah. a brokerage owner. Yeah. So to have them say that to me, I was like, hmm, that, that makes me feel really good, you yep. know? And, yep. and they, they said maybe he was doing the stuff. They, they, I'm not here to, you know, he's not, I'm not here to out him out. Right. Because they did say maybe he was doing these things behind. I think it's safe to say he wasn't. And, well, I'll you think about, bet. you say you're not good at this, but you are working for your clients behind the scenes. I yeah. think what we, what's hard is showing them what we are doing. And right now I've got first-time homebuyers that, I mean, literally, I mean, I'm explaining every number and letter on the contract and the offer, you know, because they don't know. So those weekly calls can probably help save you a lot of late night texts and, you know, well, I'm freaking out about this. And so, um, so let's jump over to that for a second. Uh, you brought up, uh, what is this? We are going to the inspection. Sorry guys. Yeah. Another client I want to address hard left. Talk to us about that client. Okay, so these are my, okay, yes, okay. I'm sorry, I've got a couple going on. It's kind of fun to juggle all this, okay? (laughs) I'm loving it. Um, And I was like, when's it going to happen this year? (laughs) It happened. Um, Yes, so we, my first time home buyers, they're very eager, very excited. Their rent is astronomical for mm-hmm. the size of this room is pretty much what it is. You know, I mean, seriously, it's it's crazy what rent is these days. And so um, I got them under contract and we just ha- got the inspection back. Um, and so I always like to confirm with my team, you know, yeah. and, and my boyfriend, he's in, you know, his dad's a general contractor. I like to just make sure I'm reading everything mm-hmm. correctly. So, um, I made sure, and and it was a, you know, when I walked the property, it's, it was an investment property. They've fixed it up. It's ready to sell. New appliances. Yeah, new appliances, new roof from what I could tell on the ground. Um, And, and so it just, it looked fine. I walked Mm -hmm. in the crawl spaces. I, you know, smelled things, you know, just making sure like, is there mold? Is there mildew? Is there Use your five senses. Yeah. So, (laughs) and a lot of times you can tell a lot of things just by being in that space. So um, I, didn't think there would be too much on the inspection, but you know, inspectors are paid to find lots yeah. of things. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, a quick side note on inspectors. Uh, I took the inspector class before I got yeah. into real estate. I'll, you know, Lizzie was an agent and I was like, man, people are making like 400 bucks for a couple hours. I can go do this. Yeah. Uh, so I did take the class and it was amazing. I was, I was really taken aback because every third or fourth slide on the self-paced course was, you are not a contractor. You are not supposed to give recommendations on things. Your job is to observe and mm-hmm. document. 
if there's a bookcase like right here, I actually have this bookcase uh, screwed to the wall because I have a son who likes to climb things. It just seems safer. Um, obviously, oh. they could not move it. But if it wasn't screwed to the wall, they wouldn't move it. They're right. not going to move furniture. They're, if there's a pile of stuff in a corner, you could be hiding a three-foot hole. No one's going to know. Ever. Yeah, that is that is true. Um, and this is a vacant home. So they mm-hmm. were able to see a lot more than you could in a lived-in home. Right. Um, it looked great. Got the inspection report back. Um, there were quite a few quite a few things. There were some some ticket items on that. Um, yeah. And we, we offered full list price, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it had been on the market a couple of days. This market is crazy, you know. And so um, my clients wanted to make sure we didn't lose it. But, you know, I sweetened the deal in other parts of the offer to make sure that, you know, just because they're offering list price doesn't mean they're not getting some other things. Um, that they would want like a little bit longer due diligence to make sure we could we could look through and do all these things. Bingo. Yeah. Um, and so it came back and the inspector was like, it's a brand new roof. But they didn't install part of it correctly. <laughs> but the shingles aren't exactly shingles that you would expect. Yeah, and they don't match. And it's like, who? And it's only what? What would you say? Because you saw the pictures, like fifteen shingles, probably that yeah. need to be fixed. I like mean, square footage, maybe thirty, really high. I mean, tops. Yeah, right? not that big. And it's like, did y'all just run out of yeah? So it the looks, box, and then just like it mod podge like it together. They ran out of traditional architectural shingles, and for this, you know, these two line stretches, they just used mm-hmm. like ridge caps or some, something weird, something I've never seen before in my something life. Something weird. And yeah. so, you know, I know that that should be addressed, but I didn't, you know, I wanted to make sure when I'm explaining this to my clients, what is that main reason of why this should be addressed? Yes. And Johnny and Lizzie this morning both said, well, if for some reason it needs, the roof needs to be replaced, the insurance company won't Bingo. insure it nope. if it's installed incorrectly. And that's a huge part. That's my job to make sure that not only when my clients like leave that closing table, but that they feel comfortable in their home and protected going forward, going forward. Yeah. This Um, is a long-term investment for them and they wouldn't know that there's no reason to know that that's a thing. I know it's a thing because I have a friend who, whose house, um, his shingles were put on with like the wrong kind of nail or something. Yeah. It can be as small as that, you know? Yeah. So shingles started falling. He called his insurance company. They came out and said, shit too bad brother that yeah. was put in incorrectly and so we're not going to help you yeah if you want that replaced that's on your dime so that's is what's going to happen to this client yes in this predicament and so you know we've got due diligence until sunday so i feel good about that um there was a little bit of some possible water um you know just moisture, just, just moisture not yeah. not standing water or anything like that um and so they directed me into someone that you know specializes in that we can get them out there before due diligence make sure that that's not something super major um going through that but just things that you know when and these clients they sent me the report they didn't notice anything that was major to them and that's okay because that's a part of my job too is to help them read that report and understand what each of these parts mean now Okay, light switch is crooked, missing a cover plate. You know, those kind of things, those are minor to fix. Right. And, and they're going to find those things as well. But what are those major parts of the inspection mm-hmm. that we should look at and make sure that our clients are covered 
in the home. I have uh, printed out an old inspection report from a past client. Uh, I've redacted out all pertinent information, uh, you know, personal stuff, but I like to have that with me. So in this case, like when you're working with first time home buyers, you might be having that, that first time consultation with them mm-hmm. and say, listen, let's walk through this because as a first time home buyer, you probably haven't seen an inspection report. You need to be prepared for this to be 40 pages long. And that's not a bad sign, right? Like that is, that is what it is. Right. Um, so coaching them through, we're going to look for big ticket items. We're not going to complain about things that we can replace for $10 at Home Depot. Right. Don't do that. Right. That'll kill your deal. Mm-hmm. Like we are going to look for the wrong type of shingle putting on, put on. Right. Um, and I, it, you know, I mean, it probably will be costly a little bit, but nothing, I mean, it shouldn't be anything major. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really good thing. I like how you said that you, you do that. So when I had this buyer's consult with these two um, first time home buyers, I mean, I could just see in their eyes. I mean, they're, you know, they're very young, mm-hmm. um, just got married. Um, and so, you know, they, every word I was saying, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm using, you know, the vocabulary that, you know, earnest money and due diligence and you saying all these words, these yeah. they're not comfortable with those. And mm-hmm. so I had to realize quickly in our conversation, okay, Let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. Let's go, you know, a little bit slower and let me explain it in, in terms of that. And that, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm good at that because I taught kindergarten for a while. And yep. so it's not dumbing down. I don't want anyone to think that that's what I'm doing, but meeting them at where their knowledge is at. Sure. And so, and everyone's different. Um, I've personally never bought a home. So mm-hmm. I've had to learn these things as being a real estate agent so I can completely understand on that side of the table of how, how confusing and overwhelming that can be. So when I met with them, I did provide a seller's property disclosure, a blank Good. form, yeah. because I wanted them to know, you know, when we do go through houses, this is what, you know, if it's not an investment property, if it's mm-hmm. not, you know, those kind of things, um, you know, cause they wanted to make sure certain appliances stayed or different things like that. But I really like, I've never thought to provide an inspection report. Um, and they're getting better. You know, when I see them now, absolutely. like each one of these inspectors, they have a program that writes it up for them, mm-hmm. right? They input a picture, they input their notes and they move on and it collects it for them. And then at the beginning now, I'm seeing a lot more like summaries, like, okay, these are the three things that are wrong. These are the mm-hmm. 12 things that are not great and everything else is whatever. Right. So that is nice that they have that summary at the beginning and people don't have to pour through it page by page and just get overwhelmed. Right. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend doing that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea to get them all the things, you know, even, you know, because she was saying, so we have the appraisal set for tomorrow and she asked me, can we wait on the appraisal before we, you know, can we get our inspection report back to see if we even want to move forward with that? Because that's an expense out of pocket. And it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I was like, well, it's already been scheduled through the lender, you know, and you really don't want to mess up an appraiser's timeline. Jesus God. <laughs> so, you know, when, when that's scheduled, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, make it every arrangement to make it possible for yes. them to get there. Yeah. Um, because they are determining that home's value. This is an FHA loan. Like we've got to have it at that certain price. Um, and so, but educating them through those things a lot, as much beforehand, before you get to that point. Absolutely. Um, and so that's been, and, and, and even confirming with people, you, you will always look better 
if you give them the right information the first time. Mm-hmm. So back away and say, hey, let me look over this report. If you don't, if yes. you're uncomfortable, I wasn't able to, ready to give a response immediately. Mm-hmm. Let me look over this report. Let me confirm with a couple of my teammates and see what would be your best possible solution. How can I negotiate best for you? Let me find that out. And nine, nine, probably 10 times out of 10, it's, Thank you so much. Well, yeah, no one Absolutely. wants to be bullshit, you know, right? It's, it's um, not doing them any good. Right. So you're going to be able to use this information to go back and say, listen, we're giving you yep. this full price offer, but this is a problem. And we have a FHA loan that's, pro- this roof is not going to mesh. Like the right. appraiser is going to see this and say, we're not approving this as is. So let's go ahead and address this now. Right. Right. Yep. So that's. Um, that'll be a conversation today, um, mm-hmm. but because we still do have quite a few days in due diligence, that helps us out there. Um, already got someone ready to go for a water intrusion specialist and, yep. and just making sure that my clients are covered in every possible aspect, even if this sale doesn't go through. I want to make sure they are prepared in any part of the transaction with any home they choose, um, and so making sure that they're informed. I think, you know, just to piggyback off that, it is so important for you to advocate for your client as someone who cares about what's happening to them. It's our policy to treat your resources as if they were our resources. Like we're not going to put you in a situation where you're doing all this due diligence and you're calling out civil engineers and this, that, and the other on a project that's not going to work. Right. Okay. And so I think that it's important for you to have that same mentality with your clients that I'm going to work for you as if this was my property. I'm going to protect you to that level. Right. Um, we, Lizzie, put a client of ours under contract in like 20 minutes yesterday. And she's like, hey, I'm just calling to let you know this happened. I'm like, what? We've been working with this client for a while. How did you just do that? And I'm like, eh, all the stars aligned and it worked. And they called me and they were like, thank you so much. Because last week they found a house and they loved it and they wanted it. And they called me to talk about it. And I'm like, guys, I'm going to be 100% honest with you because I love you. We're friends. Uh, I don't want you doing this. This is not a good situation for you. Mm. There's always another house. I, I just don't see this being your best situation. And so they called me to say thank you. Thank you for not pressuring us to, to buy that house and giving us your honest opinion because it really saved us. And now we have this brand new build with an amazing lot, with amazing builder incentives. Right. And it's everything that we dreamed of. So thank you. Well, and they're going to come back to you and refer you out more because of that conversation. Uh, yeah, they tagged us in a post yesterday that has 400 likes. I'm like, nice. thanks guys, nice. appreciate that. Yeah, and that's, you know, even if I, you know, because this is a commission-based business, you know, you, you might not know where that money, you know, if, if you've got something for the next month, if you know you're gonna close a deal. Yeah. But never put that pressure on the clients. It's not their job to put food on your table. It's, it's And not. I think that's a lot of mentality that, you know, sometimes we can, because we are salespeople, you yes, know, and, and so it can remember, be pushy yeah. mm-hmm. at times. And, and I, I, I do understand, you know, like my sister has a bad rap with every real estate agent she's ever worked with. And honestly, really? mm-hmm, Whitney in Birmingham. And so, and she's bought and sold a couple of times there and every single time she has something to say. So what I do is I sit down with her and I'm like, okay, Tell me what they didn't do that you wish they did. And I have really, you know, I'm like, I want to be that person where they're like, oh, this is what a real estate agent is. And so I've like taken that. And now her husband, my brother-in-law, 
is a used car salesman. So like, you know, you know, that can sometimes, but he's doing it in a different way than any other used car salesman is. Sure. And, and so he, you know, when people come in, they're like, oh, this isn't what I expected a typical mm-hmm. buy here, pay here is. And yeah. his isn't. Um, and, and he knows every single person by name. They come back in. I mean, you know, That's so he's awesome. doing it a different way. So he, you know, I get a lot of information from both of them. Um, and it's been very helpful. And yeah. a lot of it is just, just communicate. It is. And that's a lot of the, yeah, feedback. I think communication is the number one thing that I hear mm-hmm. from a complaint as far as from list, from clients about listing agents. Like they listed it and I, I never heard from them. I didn't know what happened. And so right. that, that's what inspired part of our guarantee of, oh, yeah, we'll check in every week, right? Right. I mean, you really have taken that and turned it into the gold standard. Yeah. So that's, well, and it keeps you from having to answer messages every single day. Now, right. if you are now, now with, now that we're under contract in that I'm, I'm, I am every day with them. Well, there will be questions now, coming up, right? when yeah. we weren't under contract and I didn't have offers to present, it was once a week thing. So mm-hmm. I, I will say it does bump up to once a day or, you know, as often as needed. But isn't that better in the last 30 days? Yes. Like, yeah. I can handle that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and you're set up for that and your clients know that mm-hmm. what that expectation is. Um, but I know we're, um, I, I did want to talk about my commerce house. Yes, go. So he talked about getting out um, engineer, civil engineers, structural engineers, any type yep. of those kind of things. Well, that did happen because I am working, and I will say I got these clients from hosting Lizzie's open house, um, and they're first-time investors. They've never bought a single property in their investment company's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have an agreement, whatever they buy with me, I sell for them. And so that can just be so much potential in the long run. Definitely. Um, so they're looking for something to remodel, you know. And mm-hmm. so we're looking at a completely different price point. Um, we had something uh, got under contract in 170 was our price point. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, it was listed at 220. So I will say that. So you got it 50 off. Well, it was listed at 220. Then they bumped it down to 199. Okay. Um, We walked the property. It needs a lot of work. Sure. Um, So we put in what we felt was their top dollar for them having to fix up and, and put it back on the market. Right. Two homes on the property, two acres total. People are listening and they're saying, you got two homes on two acres for... Downtown. You can throw a rock <laughs> to the downtown area. Now, if you're familiar with Commerce, Georgia, you're prob- or if you're familiar with any of these areas, you're like, Commerce, there's nothing. Like, what do you do? Go there. Like, there's we have an outlet mall. Like, that's, that's, that's it. it. Yep. Um, but I've helped two other clients in Commerce. It's a growing area. It is. So this is actually a great investment for my clients. So we're at 170, we have the inspector and they, when we went and showed this property, um, they brought their general contractor with them. He walked the property with us just to make sure. I mean, if you can do that, do, I mean, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so that was super helpful. Um, we were able to get 10 days due diligence because there's a lot to figure out with these properties structurally. Sure. Um, you know, just different things, subdividing, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So we took our time, 
they were fine with it. Now, this is also the agent that never answered my phone call. I was going to say, this agent would, would never refused, pick up the phone. Refused. So, fast forward to we call the city to make sure we can subdivide. Now, they can't 100% guarantee, but they can kind of say, you know, if you do this, this, and this, you're not going to have a problem. Well, always, and I have learned, walk into the planning office. I do this for mm -hmm. my commercial clients all the time. And people are like, yeah, have a seat. We'll explain exactly what's going on and what you can do. People are really They want to friendly. help you. Yep. So we got the planning department. And I, because it was a little bit of a drive, I actually able to get them on the phone, which was very surprising. Yeah. And she, when I mentioned the address, now this is the planning department. She was like, oh, I know that address. And I was like, oh gosh, that doesn't sound good. Um, and, and it is my job. My client was like, I can't get in touch with him. She did drive down to the office. The, it was one girl that takes care of this. She was out of the office for the day. So yes, I'm going to go upon myself and, and help my clients where I can. So I get her on the phone. She's like, oh, you need to talk to our code enforcement department because this house has lots of violations. And I was that like, seems, yeah, huh, that's nuts. Does that not seem like something I should have had disclosed to me? Hmm. Weird. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Let's move forward. Talk to the code enforcement. Oh, well, I can only give you so much. You need to talk to the building inspector for the city of commerce. They all know this property. So now I'm talking to the third person. They send me a violation list, two pages long. Okay. So yeah, I don't know these yet. Just throw some at Two me. pages long. Um, uh, they were trying to remove um, a protected nest. There was structural damage and they needed to fix that. He put the roof on incorrectly. The paint that they'd used, all um, the house. So anyways, the list went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Dilapidation issues, wild, you know, all those things. So then it comes to light and so the city of commerce wants to help keep all of these there that building official met our clients at the property and said i would love to walk the property with you and point out each violation because they want someone to build it up and make it nice for the community absolutely we close tomorrow our due diligence ended yesterday so because it was a cash yeah. you know we had two weeks and we had sure. 10 of those days were yeah. were due diligence um, and come to find out the city was condemning the home if this sale fell through. Bullshit. They are so fed up with the seller because the seller has refused to do anything and all he's done is just put it for sale so that he can, and all of these violations transfer to the next buyer. So we have talked to the city and I said, you know, and they, now it's a word, their word of mouth, nothing is technically set in stone, but they said, we will not condemn this property if this deal goes through. We will allow you to fix these violations and we'll leave you alone. Well, like you said, it's a, it's a growing community. It's right there in the downtown area. They would love for it to be revitalized. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, if someone walks away and just allows this to collapse or what have you, it's going to do terrible things. And it's for the, the, city. the home was built in 1890. It's still walkable. It's really cool inside. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really neat. But one of the main things, because it was built so long ago, there's no slab, there's no foundation. It's built on cinder blocks. Sure. Well, that's a huge code violation now. So they're going to have to pour in. So that's quite a bit of okay. money. When you say on cinder blocks, do you mean like, not like on piers, but 
throughout the house? Mm-hmm. On the bottom. Oh God, that's weird. Yeah. So, the, so it's going to take, they, they knew what the remediation was. They knew the price point, all mm-hmm. of these things. So I text the agent because <laughs> that's the only way I can get in touch with them and say, I need to speak with you on the phone. This is not a matter that needs to be discussed through text. Mm-hmm. We need to discuss this because we're not paying this price anymore. But my clients are still willing to move forward if we can come to an agreement. Sure. And I had to edit that message a couple of times, thanks to Johnny, because I was like not very happy with this client because we should have been disclosed all of these things. Yes. So he texts back, sure, I'll get in touch with you at this point. Well, seven hours past that. Sorry, busy day. Can you email me what this is about? And I was like, no, I cannot. And for my client's sake, they want to move forward with this. Your client did not legally did not disclose all of these violations that my client will inherit. Mm -hmm. This is the price point we're at. And you're lucky because if we walk away, your client's out a lot more because now they're going to demolish the house. What I like about what you did there is you put it back on the client. It's very easy to say you should have done this as the agent. What what is wrong with you? But by putting it back on their client, I think that you left that line of communication well better. And my clients wanted this property. Mm-hmm. It's not my job to get in a cat fight with someone and then blow up the deal. And now no one's happy. Yep. And now I've lost these clients. Bingo. Um, so I did what was best for them and and just stated facts. That's, that's all I did. I sent, oh, and I what I didn't say is we had a termite inspection. The second home, completely eaten up by termites, has to be completely torn down. They're not going to be able to do anything. They're not going to be able to salvage that, but they put that into the price point, and it was a smaller home. And, and so, and another thing we learned, because they told us we could subdivide it into three lots. One for the main house, mm-hmm. one for the side house, and one for like extra acres. Someone can, because it, it does have two streets. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, you can access. So, well, what we found out from the city, they're not offering any new water taps or sewer oh, taps yeah. in any part of the city of commerce. So we, you know, that was a part of what we had heard from them, but it's our job during due diligence to figure out what is accurate information and what can we actually do with this. Hmm. So that was another price consideration we took into effect. We can't subdivide it into three. We can only do two because those two houses already had water and sewer running to them. Right. So we can pull from those for those. Okay. Um, well, they we negotiated back and forth, and I got my clients down from one seventy to one hundred and forty-five thousand. Yes. And we're still closing tomorrow. That's amazing. So that is amazing. I didn't know this one was going to go through because there were a lot of things every day. There was something new I was finding out. Um, but ultimately, every time I talked to my client. I still want this. We still want this. We're excited about this. This is going to be great. So my job was to back out of it and do, you know, the facts of what needs to be done. And that, that was super helpful. Um, and I, I will say I did talk to him on the phone once he did call me. We did finally talk and this was where it was at. And then the rest negotiations were text, but that's fine. I I, I don't know what to say about that guy. Um, so I, I just want to take a second to point out that it would be easy for someone to look at this and say, you did all this. You had all this work for a 140 transaction. Like, that's not a lot of commission. 
Like, why? Why did you even care? Well, two reasons. First of all, they're investors. They're going to be repeat clients. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess three reasons. Second of all, they'll, they'll, even if they weren't repeat clients, they could be referrals. Definitely. Third of all, why shouldn't I help someone in any price point that's what's doable for them? You know, and, and yep. so I have another person who wants to buy a home. Their price point is significantly lower than probably what the average person can buy. Sure. Why is that my job to turn them away? just because I wouldn't make enough money. Absolutely. And now you can, if you're, if you're in a niche market and you're, you're luxury or you're this, that I totally get that. Yeah. I'm not in that. So, you know, it's, and, and honestly, when we went down from 170 to 145, I was like, yes, even though I'm down money, I didn't care. Right. Because well, I did what was best for my client. You did. And, and that's what my job was. Like you said, they're gonna be repeat clients. You're gonna get a resale out of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, play your card. Well, two right. resales because they're going to do both homes yeah. separately, you know. And so that's I don't know. I'm just here to help people. That's all I care about. Not hell yeah. Yeah, money's great, but but you know. you're, you're not going to make any money if you don't help anybody, right? True. True. Yeah. So so that's that's a lot. And, huh? You know, it sounds like the hardest ones, like your first example. Your Claremont, where you had to negotiate down your own commission, mm-hmm. right? You've been working that one so hard, and you offered up part of your commission to make it work. So, so yeah, the ones that you work the hardest on, I feel like sometimes are the ones you get paid the least on. Yeah, that's true. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know those that that home that I do have under contract in Claremont, it's they were going to take it off the market and just, she was going to just live in the house until Mm -hmm. for the rest of her life. Um, so, but I knew what she wanted ultimately, which was to move closer to family. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was, if it took a half percent to make her feel comfortable in that move, it ultimately it was, it was fine. And you were able to bring that to the closing table, right? Yes. Make it all work. Yep. That's true. Way to go. Thanks. Good work. Well, guys, we got to let you go because right now we have 21 minutes to get somewhere that is 17 minutes away. So it's time to go. But this has been fun. This has been great. I appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, Just thank you for all of that. I know I get emails a lot. Like, thank you. I have all these questions about real estate and you guys just answer them candidly. And I think that's the best thing that we can do. Yeah. And I will say... You know, now that I've started helping with with co-hosting while Lizzie um, is helping with the baby, I y'all y'all can reach out to me, and some of you have, and I've loved to help. I've helped um, some people. I've set up phone calls. I've texted. You know, someone was messaging me last night um, about joining EXP and and what does that look like and what what does that involve. Um, I'm just here to give whatever information I have to make anything easier on y'all. Bingo. Because. Yeah. It, you know, and I have people that I feel comfortable texting the most, <laughs> probably to them, the like stupidest questions ever. But to me, I'm like, I'd rather look stupid to y'all than to my client. Mm-hmm. So if you have anything, I, trust me, I think nothing is, is stupid. So no. And if you haven't ask, figured it out, whatever. Yet, yeah. In the show notes, all of our contact information is there. Yeah. For Jessica, Reach out. for us, for anything. So check it out. Always here to help.
Yep. Okay. Okay. Bye, guys. See ya.